Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast for the week of July 31st, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got a bunch of things to have this week, but we got to kick things off with some extremely sad news. Uh, earlier this week, we found out that uh, Paul Rubens passed away at age 70. Uh, he had been battling cancer privately. Like six years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then I don't know, it's one of a kind, <laughs> like personality, like like Pee Wee Herman is just like, like, you cannot replicate that. You cannot try to like co- people try to copy that people try to replicate that you cannot it's he's a, a singular singular voice singular person yep and it's one of those like comedic styles that was all his own it was something that often imitated but never like found a like a sound alike just because it's like a whole it's a whole bunch of things that became his persona yeah like i would say the only thing that came, came close to like Pee-wee's Playhouse was like the Weird Al show, but Weird Al's already his own like unique, awesome personality. Persona, so, yeah, yeah. And it's like you can't really compare them to each other. Where some other comedians are like the same kind of bro comedian, but Herman wasn't. Herman was sort of a mishmash of familiar comedical like clowns, like French clown designs. And then, like a like a after school host, like friendly, like he was never creepy. He was yeah. never mean. He was well. He was he was like sarcastic, but then he was also like smart, but then also kind of dumb about other things. And yeah, yeah. Like it was just such a unique mix of like he was childlike, but also but also like Good understood hearted. adult adult concepts and like he understood love. Yeah, but he understood like. Sort of like he knew if he was like pranking someone, he knew like what he was up to. It wasn't just like a childlike innocence. Like I didn't know that would happen. Like it was very calculated in making him seem like uh he was like the innocent one, even though he's the one who like instigates some things. Mm-hmm. Though the uh movie was like try to like see the people in his neighborhood who just like are tired of the shit or are just like bullies well the, the, well, the one francis you know, is the only person that's tired of Wee. everyone else loves him well like his francis is dad yeah and then you have like i don't know the neighborhood kids like are all about Wee. Mm-hmm. i mean this is before like the internet so he was like the like cool ass like neighbor i mean he had... I also realized in the 80s having just a quirky neighbor was like like, this is awesome. We should hang out with this person a lot. Yeah. Especially if he has, like, a playhouse like Pee-wee does. Both in the movie and then, obviously, Pee-wee's playhouse. Yeah. The, the movie one is, is like... They're, I mean, they're both awesome in their own unique way, but, like, the, the movie one has, like, the Rube Goldberg machine going on where, like, it's just the entire house is, like, one giant, like, like contraption. Did the movie come first, then the yeah. TV show, or did the TV show, then the movie? It was the movie, and then the show started, like, the year after the movie. Gotcha. Cause then, cause then the playhouse like it blows up for the, the show. It's all and it's all the anthropomorphic friends like Cherry and 
magic screen and Jombie and everyone. Well, obviously, we're not in the movie. Blows up in the first movie. Well, I'm understanding like, it blew up as far as like oh, scale oh, oh, like, and like characters and. I just think how how of a introduction were at the end of that. I'm like, wait, I don't remember that blowing up, and then it's sort of like now he rebuilds it, but everything's alive, and it's like <laughs> the TV show plot. That'd be different. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That movie, the movie is, I mean, one of the best comedies of all time. It's it's so many memorable quotes and scenes and. Oh yeah, like uh, that's when you know it's like not overplayed when people start posting it and stuff for memorializing it, and it still feels fresh. Like the simple quotes, the tequila dance, like that was everywhere. <laughs> Like paging Mr. Herman, Mr. Pee Wee Herman. And then I think one of my favorite scenes from Pee Wee's Big Adventure is like the interrogation scene where he's just like, like pulling out all the exhibits. It's like, Exhibit C! This piece of gum that was on the, floor, the ground near the, where my bike was. <laughs> Exhibit Q! And then Pee Wee's Playhouse just like. like it was, it was one of those shows where it's like the like kids watch it, but also like parents can watch it, and the parents like can like, or parents probably even watched it like when the kids weren't even watching it, they would they would just watch it themselves like not even with no kids around because it was so good. Yeah, cool parents would be doing that. Yeah, and just, and all all the like all the guest stars that are just like for, only for the parents, like people that kids have no idea who the hell they even are <laughs> showing up at Pee Playhouse. And then like and then going into like. The uh, the Christmas the Christmas special is also like a classic. It's been a while since I seen that one. That, that might was, be on the our, year, our year's radar. That that was on Netflix for like forever. I don't I don't I don't, I don't think anything Pee is up streaming right now, which is unfortunate timing. Except for Wait, what about the movie? Like that well, other movie. Well, the Netflix original movie is on Netflix, obviously. Hmm. But like Big Adventure is not anywhere right now. Um, Big Top Pee is not anywhere right now. Play, Pee Playhouse is anywhere right now. Because I think I think Playhouse was on Tubi or one of those services for a while. I also feel like the rights are just scattered in the wind. Because like Netflix Possibly. owns that one. I feel like Disney owned Pee Wee or Universal owned the Big Adventure. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Playhouse was a CBS show. Well, the like movies a CBS... are just mystery. Whoever, yeah, whoever put them out or Tim Burton or I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, other other stuff besides Pee Wee that Paul Rubens was in. Um, I think a big Mystery one Man. is Mystery Man is a huge one. That was great. Um, I know for like for Disney fans, like Star Tours, the like original version of Star Tours, and but now mm-hmm. also Galaxy's Edge, uh, Rex, RX four two four two. Did he uh, do the voice again? He for for DJ Rex, who's like the yo know, playing at Ocus Cantina now in, in Galaxy's Edge. He did, he came back and did the voice, yeah. So it's, ah, okay. it's still it's still Paul Rubens. Like you can go hear Paul Rubens in uh, Ocus Cantina if you go to Disneyland or Disney World. And um oh like season was it season one or season two i think it was season one of what we do in the shadows like the <laughs> the vampiric council he's in there yeah because they had all a, a bunch of people who previously played vampires because paul rubens was in 
uh, the OG Buffy the Vampire Slayer as one of the main villains of that movie. And then he, then he came back as himself, who was a vampire, as, and, along with, like, Tilda Swinton and uh, uh, Wesley Snipes and everyone, everyone, Danny Trejo, everyone else who played a vampire that could show up. When was Tilda Swinton a vampire? I think it was in that... Um, it was like that. It was her and Tom Hilston. They were like, like I think it was like only lovers left alive or something. It was like a, it was like an artsy vampire movie. They were like vampires who have been like alive for like a thousand years or something. What? I really totally don't remember this movie. I think it, it I think it might have been like a Jim Jarmusch movie. Oh, French movie. Well, the same guy did like. Um, Uh, the Dead Don't Die and Patterson and uh, Ghost oh. Dog, Way of the Samurai. <laughs> There's also uh, Paul Rubens. He's also the voice of uh, the sh- I think it's the ship, the Navigator in Flight of the Navigator, or one of the one of the like, creatures on that ship. I haven't seen Flight of the Navigator in such a long time. I kind of forgot everything about that movie. He has, probably, he has so many, like, vocal performances and just, ra- like, tons of, like, like random animated things and shows. Like, apparently, he was Locke in Nightmare Before Christmas, so, like, Locke, Stock, and Barrel. Like, he was Locke. Yep, now I know that one. Penguin's father in Batman Returns was a, was a classic one. He's only in like the intro, but it was like a very memorable intro. Just posh, uh, rich people throwing their baby in rivers. Yep, as you do. As you do in Gotham. But yeah, t- ton, tons of roles, tons of, tons, tons of performances. It's absolutely unique. Like there will never be anyone like him again probably ever so r.i.p paul rubens Hope, hopefully some of the, some of the like big adventure or playhouse like ends up streaming again somewhere because i think i'm sure a lot of people would want to check those out again in light of this news i do know the um his hbo special is on hbo max like the like when that the basically the pilot or like the whole where peewee's that's where everything came from it was like like 1981 so like pre the movie pre the show like that that special he did in like New York is on HBO Max. You can watch that. Wow, just a live performance. Yeah, because because Pee Wee started out as like a like a live like comedy character that he created. I also feel like it started as like a public access character, right? I don't know if it was public access. It was like it was like a stand up like in New York, like New York like improv or like a cool. comedy club kind of character. Can you imagine that? Like, you don't see that too many days. The character actor comedy club. Mm-hmm. It's not like in the 2000s where the comedy actor could lose himself and just be that character. And it's just like, okay, we just take it face value. Like, yeah, you're um Larry the Cable Guy. That's just who you are for the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Pee Wee definitely like because he did other things and he wasn't always Pee Wee. Like, you know, he was doing other things. Paul Rubens was, you know, Paul Rubin, the comedian, Paul Rubin, the actor, Paul Rubin, uh, just like, sort of just being bizarre. It wasn't like a Pee Wee character, just like, all right, like I'll show up on like a Stephen Colbert thing and just do things with him. Yeah. And 
yeah, like he was very versatile, but of course he also had like a drug problem. Do you remember like the like this is cocaine? You're like, whoa, what's Pee Wee doing? Oh, yeah, that's probably one of the most like infamous like anti-drug ads of all time. Yep. This is crack. Had a crack. But uh, moving on to basically the the exact polar opposite of you know Pee Wee's Playhouse and Pee Wee Herman, uh, Saw. <laughs> so we're we're getting Saw X in September, and we got the first show this week. Now I know Chris, you and I are both big Saw fans, but I think I think we've both been like very disappointed with the most recent two <laughs> entries in the franchise. Did you even see Spiral? I don't remember if you saw Spiral. Okay, you, so you never just told me everything I needed to know, and I was like, okay. uh... And, like, I I, know... I've, I've seen bits and pieces of the other one. Jigsaw? Like... Yeah, Jigsaw. I thought saw all of Jigsaw. Prequel. Yeah. Well, there's there's only... Jigsaw was, was the one that, like, the first one after the final chapter, which is the prequel, that totally, like, negates, like, the impact of the first movie, because... Oh, yeah. Why... It just makes, like... John seemed lazy that he just like locked two guys in a room after he had like an elaborate barn game like before. And then yeah, Spiral was terrible because it's just like a guy who's sort of inspired by Jigsaw but not Jigsaw and not an apprentice and just doing his own thing that's sort of like Jigsaw. And it's why why is this why why, what is the book of Saw? Why is what is anything? But Saw X is taking a uh, interesting uh, tack in the franchise. It's setting it. It's set between Saw and Saw Two, so it's like an interquel. <laughs> um, and so, and then Tobin Bell is, is fully back as John Kramer, and apparently between Saw and Saw Two, he found out about some sort of miracle kind of cancer treatment in Mexico. So he goes down there, but then it turns out to be a scam. And they don't cure him, and he's even worse off than he was before. So then, this new game is getting revenge on the scammers that that uh, took his money and scammed him in Mexico, and then putting putting them through like medical themed <laughs> games to you know teach him a lesson. It it seems weird because this is supposed to be before uh, Saw Two. Yes. So it's like he just did the first two incidences flawlessly, mind you, where besides like Jigsaw, where it's like his first trap, but it's all like really elaborate for like a Saw movie. That's that's the worst part of Jigsaw is like it's it, Jigsaw. All the traps are like super late game Jigsaw traps, but it's, it's supposed to be his like first game. Yeah, then those he, are all almost climactic traps. He's got like, like there's a giant blender in, in Jigsaw and like a motorcycle Wait, one. Corn? There was like a corn silo with a blender in there? Yeah, he basically, yeah, there's a giant blender trap that was like in Jigsaw. It's like he did that and then his next game was, I'm going to lock two guys in a room chained to pipes. Yeah. And I'm going to lay on the floor the whole time. <laughs> and hopefully I don't know what the time it was. Was it for them to discuss Discover. Yeah. Would it, like, would it, would it, would it, at some point, would, would you, would you just get like if they didn't solve it or like do it like anything in like 
the rate of my time, would I just get up and be like, you fucking idiots! You cut your leg off! Well, no, it was supposed to be that, like, weren't they both poisoned? And then they both had to figure out how to get out of there to get the antidote? Because the other guy was poisoned, the, like, uh, staff guy. The guy that yeah. was, like, who you thought was Jigsaw was, like, a uh, red herring. He was, like, oh, he's doing this because he was poisoned by Kramer, so that's why he's, like, trying to do all this work, but... Because he, like, remember he, like, breaks in the room, and then he gets shot, and then it's like, all right, well, now what? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about, like, like Michael Emerson? Like, yeah. Zep? Yeah. Zep shows up, does the one thing, and he's like, cool, and then it's like, turns out, no, it's the guy on the floor all, all along. Yeah. Yeah, like, Zep just dies. Like, he <laughs> shows up in the room, he's like, well, I need to kill... Uh, like both Danny of you. Glover, like... No, no, that was later. Danny Glover. Yeah. Uh, did he kill Zep? I feel like did did Danny Glover get shot in the neck in one, and then he did like and then he was like came that back. That was the beginning. That yeah, was, he gets shot in the neck, and that gives him the whisper sounds, and yep. then he's supposed to get shot again mm. by Zep. But then Zep comes back into like the main room. And then he gets, like, shot again by, like, one of the guys. Because then it's like, all right, like... Because remember, it's like, all right, I have to kill you. It'll be kill you. Like, one of us kills the other one, then we both get out. But then it's mm-hmm. like, well, like, we can't. And then it's like... Because then they're out of bullets. Remember that yeah. was thing? Like, it was a gun, mm-hmm. and they're out of bullets. And they're like, okay, well, shit. And then it's like, what do we do? How do I get them to time limit? And they saw then the guy shot off his foot. And then it was like, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, it's it's so complicated in the beginning. Once you try to connect the first that prequel movie, and then you get this one that I'm like, okay, so this is how he recruits Amanda, I guess, because he brings Amanda into this. Like, yeah, this is either like her first apprenticeship job or because I don't was, was she already working for him in the first one? Because we we find out that that's the twist of two is like, oh, Amanda's the secret apprentice that's been in. She's in the game, but she's actually like working for him, like. Yeah, yeah. It, she makes a cameo. She was a victim of the first movie, but yeah, she was she was the, she was the, she was the first person to be in like the reverse bear trap. Yeah, but she beat it. Yeah, and then because she beat it, they brought her back. And then, well, technically, it was like the same week because her boyfriend was the one that that like hurt John Kramer's wife and their unborn baby. Yeah, and he failed his tests. And which then you, which like, you found out, you found out like in like what saw like five, five? or <laughs> six or something. Yeah, so, they, had to, they had to keep like coming like coming up with like crazy like coincidences for everything. Yeah, a lot. You're right. It is crazy coincidences, and like that's why I'm like, why complicate it? Why not just do hey like I don't like as much as it pains me, but like I just don't want John Kramer. I don't. I don't understand why they just don't do Carrie Elways. Yeah, like you Carrie set it up. Is you, the logical you set, choice. You set it up. <laughs> he, he, it makes sense. There is he's got no he's got henchmen. Go he's around. got he's got. It's like he yeah he's he's the ultimate apprentice and he has henchmen. Like he's like knows all John's things. Like and then they're just like nah we'll 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 get, we're gonna like come up with like crazy timeline. We're just gonna keep like going backwards backwards to make things even more complicated. But not only backwards, it's like goddamn, like just convoluted because now you have like if you are up until let's say the last movie or like number four where Kramer's dead, mm-hmm. 
he has a potentially like Amanda, who is I would consider like a like another master level apprentice. Mm-hmm. Then you have the cop. Yep. That Hoffman. Hoffman, another master level apprentice. He actually was a uh, jigsaw like copycat, so he was good at building his traps already. Yep. Then you had Carriolay. Yep. Who was like practicing, you know, medical stuff and just sort of being the like head surgeon that whenever Kramer needed to do operations on like people, he was the guy. Which, which I wonder makes if, logical uh, sense. Yeah, I wonder if he, I wonder if he's gonna be involved in this. Like, do we think are we gonna see Carrie Elvis in this one? Because this this seems like it's all like surgery stuff it in totally just in this X. And then like, just have at the end a jump flash forward where Carrie always kills the other two dum dums that are trying to take the mantle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then like what? Then you have the cop, the other cop from uh, Book of Jigsaw. Well, he's not a. I mean, he had he didn't even meet John. Like he had nothing to do with John. He was just like, oh, I heard about this Jigsaw guy. I'm gonna do that. Like, oh, it, it wasn't even connected. He's not even connected. He's just like, I hey, remember that jigsaw guy? I'm gonna do that, but like, me, like, wow, because he he came up with he came up with his own crappy. He instead of like a Billy puppet, he had like a pig puppet, and then he did like his own. He did that stupid voice, the high pitched voice instead of the, instead of the jigsaw voice. See, that's why I'm just like, whenever you talk about this, I'm just like, I do not want to watch this. This is you, you have you have failed the cops. That was, that was the spinal voice. It's like it's like the first time I heard that, I was just like dying of like, this is not the voice. This is not the voice you guys are doing. Like, Someone's fucking with me. I got a brawl. You, the cops are corrupt. The cops are corrupt, and you you have failed to be a cop. So now you will face the justice of the people. That's <laughs> like a Family Guy skit of a saw thing, right? Like, it, where, you know, where he, he screwed, like his voice thing is screwing up. Yeah. Like it, that sounds like a parody, like a bad parody. What? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> I think that's, that's the, terrible. The, the uh, the thing with Saw X that uh, like seemed interesting too, or hopefully is interesting, is that it seems like it's gonna be like a hybrid of like the first one, where it's like one room, but also like more elaborate traps, like from the later series, like people are in like. Uh, you know, different surgical devices, but they're all in the same room, and so it seems like they have like each of them has like to do their own trap or a game separately or all all together. So it might it, it might feel it might feel more like the first movie, but but like slightly more like elaborate from like the later movies. But you know what seems stupid but would work is just that basically he just gives whoever these people like are just cancer, you know. Like, <laughs> That that to me is like the I've, ultimate salt trap. Just like bombard them with like bullshit, yeah. and then it's just like, oh, I put toxic waste in your water, and then just like I've bombarded, I've bombarded you with radiation. You have the cancer that I have now. Cure yeah, yourself. That's it. That's the whole goddamn movie. Just like a half an hour. Like what? Well, this one, this this one too might also be a more reasonable. Which one? Which one was the one where like John was like fight, like just like the insurance company three like three or four that was the one where um the insurance adjuster decided that he wasn't like his life yeah. wasn't worth like mm-hmm. funding the medical thing and then 
uh, that was his whole thing. Because it was like, how can you wage, like, um, life? Like, you're just, like, you don't understand. You judge life. You judge you life. Ju- yeah. Now, yeah. Now you will have to decide who lives and dies. It was something, like, sort of meaningful like that. It was more of a commentary on... Uh, the medical, like, well, the medical, like insurance. The later, the later ones, like the middle ones, got weird. Where it was like, like it was, it got less, less about John's like personal mission and just like, I heard about, I heard about the uh, real estate, like the real estate sc- scamming that's going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with the housing people. Like, wait, that happened? I think that was five or six. Was, was just like r- random. It was like a some sort of like land, like real estate scam or something and then people lost their house houses and then john was like you all were involved in a, a housing scam so I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna kill you that or like you need to work together to get out of it or that was definitely definitely one of the like the i think it was like five or six i think was like i just don't remember that like i just don't remember the real estate one i just remember the um the medical one, because that was kind of memorable. I mean, yeah. you know, and then was also that there's another one where it's like he got revenge on a doctor for not looking at the diagnosis, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, so I'm looking at five. Five is everyone involved was like cover, they were involved in covering up a like fire that killed a bunch of people in a building. And then the whole thing was like. You, you all should have worked together and you would have you would have made it out alive because like the last test was like all eight of you, yeah, yeah. All you need to like give like a little bit of blood, you would have gotten out. But then it was like one person left, so they had to give all the blood. Well, because they they didn't have enough people, so it yeah. was like between the two of them, they had to do really really fucked up, like pretty much mutilate their arms because there was like enough to drain without killing them. Mm-hmm. Which that was that was a fun saw movie, but it, like just <laughs> the reasoning was just so like <laughs> just John just like reading a paper one day, it's like building fire. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he had nothing to do with those people. I don't think so. I think it was just like he just he just saw the news about <laughs> you all you all cover up this building fire. That's bad. I'm <laughs> like okay. Teamwork. Honestly, the ones the ones the movies that like he has a personal stake, like it involves him, do sound better as a movie. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like Jigsaw was like a dumb dumb one where um like. It was, he got diagnosed, and then he was just like, well, time to do some evil shit. And then, I think it was just randos, right? I think he, except for the one guy who happened to be a doctor. Well, I, are you, so like Jigsaw, like, you're talking about like the prequel movie? Yeah, the pre-one. I think that, I think the twist of that one, or the thing with that one was that John tried to kill himself, and then he... Either, like he failed, or he no, no, that not happens to... in the and that happens in Saw One, where he drove off a cliff, but then he fought to survive, and he's like, "Fuck this cancer, I'm gonna live." And then, but then I think the thing about Jigsaw, like the, the Jigsaw, is that the movie is that that's what inspired him. Like, oh, I I I almost died and got a second chance, so I'll make people <laughs> die and get a second chance. People who are missing things. Yeah, well, that was the gimmick of the first movie but then it turns out wrong because like i don't know what his goal was either because now it's weird because he had like his first apprentice who was like his in this case the true apprentice bullshit right 
And then he got a second one by accident because then he, he's like, when he saw Carrie on the way, he's like, hey, cool, this guy wants to live. Like, yeah. well, that was that was like the funniest, stupidest part about Jigsaw was that like the one guy that like the, t- the test, like his game broke, like it didn't work properly. And so I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, Mulligan, Mulligan, like you're my apprentice now, sorry. <laughs> like, and then was he like, was like the winner. He was like, that, yeah, that was, that was supposed like, to happen. <laughs> but then it's like, that guy didn't really earn anything he just was asleep at the beginning mm-hmm. oh man and also for, I'm, just, I'm on wikipedia I, I forgot like like jigsaw also had like laser laser collars in jigsaw it's like and he never used those again but he had so he had like it's like crazy advanced weaponry in the first in like before the first game he invented lasers oh, like a laser like a laser like bear trap or like a laser collar you know how much power you need to make a laser that cuts through things? It's not like a flashlight where it's just like, you know, a bunch of batteries. Like, you need to have like a lens. You need to have like a diamond. You know, like you need. Yeah. You need some sort of prism that is also small enough to fit in a collar. I don't know. Again, you're not. Like, that's why I kind of straight up like the mechanical bullshit where it's like, here's just a bunch of shrapnel. Like, in a jar and I put your hand in it, it's like uncomfortable, you know, like, or it's, um, the, you know, here's the, a giant saw blade and it's swinging at you. It's like, I understand that. Well, the one, the one that just makes me just so, I, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable. I mean, just a giant bin full of needles. Like, oh my God. Yeah. That's still to the day. Fucking or, creepy. And here's, here's the insane thing. That could just happen. You know what I mean? Like you can, <laughs> there are bins of needles and things. Like, it, you know, like, medical waste goes to some place, but what if one day that medical waste spills out, like, out of a yeah. truck, or, like, in front of your home, and you didn't know that, you know? Like, no also, one's gonna fucking walk around with a laser collar, you know? Or reverse bear trap, but a yeah. bin full of needles? That's possible. Or also, I mean, same same movie saw, too. Like, you put your hands in a box, and then there's yeah. razor blades that, yeah, you can't you can't pull your hands up because there's razor blades. So you have to, like, cut yourself to get your hands out. Just so simple, but just so, like, like horrific looking. And, like, you're just, you imagine, you can imagine that, like, you you in this situation, you'd be like, oh, God, like, I would yeah. not be able to put my hand out of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, out of the situation, simple is the better. box, and then the fucking needles are like, actually, what could happen? Yeah, S- simple is, si- simple ones are the most effective ones. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how things go in Saw X. Uh, it's September 29th is when that comes out, so uh, right right before October. And it's yeah, it's te- the tenth entry in the uh, Saw franchise. <laughs> so also this week we got the first trailer for Loki season two, which is coming out in October. And it's been it's been a while. I think it's been when it was Loki season one, like two years ago, like 20, 2020, 2021. Say But yeah, it's it's finally back. Uh, hopefully to kind of drag us out of the doldrums that the MCU has been in <laughs> recently. Like tailspin. Did you did, did you did you finish Secret Invasion, Chris? Did not. But I'm okay. hearing bad things. It was it was so bo- it was so boring and bland, and it should yeah. not have been. How do they mess that up? How? Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, Loki. I think a lot of people would like agree that Loki is one of the best, if not the best, Disney Plus show. So hopefully, season two will keep up that uh, momentum. And it's picking up from the end of the first season, where uh, 
you know, Loki kind of ended it back up at the TVA, but it was a alternate timeline TVA where Kang was controlling everything. And apparently because he's from a different timeline, now he's now he's time slipping and kind of like like just like blinking out of existence, ending up in a different time period and then blinking back in. So that's like something to figure out along with like trying to stop Kang and more more Kang stuff. And but, but the whole gang's back, so yeah, obviously Tom Hilson's back. Um, Owen Wilson's back as Mobius, and then uh, Kukubu Mbatha-Ra as Rafaona Renslayer, and Wenmi Mosaka as uh, B-15, and Sophie, Sofia DiMarino as Sylvie. And then uh, Kiki Kwan, Oscar winner Kiki Kwan, is, is joining the cast as Obi, who works in the TVA repair d- department. She just shows up. Well, apparently, I think they, they, the trailer they go to him because, like, oh, can you fix Loki's like time slipping? He's like, no, that's not, that's not supposed to be happening. <laughs> I mean, I try not. To, I, I didn't watch the trailer so much because, like, I want to be genuinely shocked and don't let my brain try to piece together things. I think it was. It, that, it was that's it, just me, you know. Yeah, it was. It was, it was so much of this. Yeah, it was. It was. I think you don't really get a lot. You get a little bit of like the. But it's gonna it's gonna go on the, in, the, in the show for season two, but like it's it's kind of just like random like nonsense stuff. Like okay, oh, so like the, Sylvie's working at a burger shop, like a burger like restaurant, and then like yeah, t- t- Loki's just time slipping into like the Wild West or something. It's just like it's just a lot. It's just a lot like random imagery that you're like, how is this all gonna fit together? But yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it, it kind of like you know starts an uptake of the MCU again. Cause this, I mean, I think this year like the only like uh, real like positive MCU entry has been Guardians Guardians Volume Three. Because like, because uh, like, Amen Amen was Quantumania was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it's like it was fine. It wasn't terrible. It was fine. Secret Invasion was pretty bad. I you know, only saw the first two, and I was yeah. like, I need a break. And then that's that's I mean that's pretty much that's been that's been it. It's been Amen the Wasp, and then Secret Invasion, and now uh, and it guards and Guardians Volume Three, now Loki. And then we got the Marvels coming up in uh, November. And I think I think Echo is supposed to start in the fall or something like uh, November is when Echo's going to come out. And they're, I, think they're, I think they're dropping that the entire show like on, on November 29th. That's it. The whole thing. Wow. The whole show, the whole first, I think the first time they're doing like a binge uh, kind of method for one of the shows. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully the fall is uh, is better for the MCU than the uh, spring summer has been, <laughs> and we'll find out in October. And then last trailer for this week is we got the trailer for King of Killers, which awesome title and looks like hopefully maybe an awesome movie. Um, it stars Frank Grillo and uh, Elaine Moussi and uh, George Saint Pierre, but and Stephen Dorff's in there for some reason. Um, but basically, Frank Grillo is. The King of Killers. He's like the like the world's greatest assassin, apparently, or like thinks he is. And then he puts out a contract on himself and basically starts this contest where he draws all the best assassins to Tokyo and 
if someone if someone can kill him, they get ten million dollars. But if he but he's gonna try to kill all of them and prove he's like he's the best. Okay, he's not even sick or anything. He's just sort of like, I want to do this. Frigo's just like, just like I'm, I'm the best. I'm the king. Of, I'm the king of killers. I have a cool, like, <laughs> oni demon, demon mask I wear. I'm just, I'm, the, I'm the best. Like, try to kill me. And then yeah, it looks like a lot of cool kind of John Wick style action. Hopefully, it's from uh, Kevin Kevin Graveau, who. He created the characters for Underworld and also co-starred in those movies. And, you know, and it's a graphic novel. It's based, this is based on a graphic novel that he wrote. And he, he wrote and directed this movie. And it's gonna be out. It's gonna be out on September first. So uh, definitely check out the trailer for that. Definitely, it looks like hopefully it's gonna be a cool kind of John Wick. Hopefully, a lot like I mean, Elaine Musi is like is like a legit awesome martial artist. So hopefully there'll be some cool, you know, martial arts fights and stuff. Also, I mean, George St. Pierre is also there. Frank Grill is always awesome, so this has a lot of a lot of potential for this one. And the main hero is uh, Frank oh, Grill, right? Well, he, no, he's the main. He's like the villain. Like he's like one of like ah. he's like he's like he's like shout Khan or something. He's just like come kill me. This is I, this is my contest. Come kill me. I think Elaine Musi from like the uh, Kickboxer movies. The new one is, is uh, like the the main hero. You know what's interesting though? Because I'm looking at the credits, he's like fifth build. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, who's this movie starring? I mean, I don't mind another Frank Grillo vehicle because uh, they're not bad. But right. I'm down for it. I'm down for like a uh, Frank Grillo is like the big bad, and he's also mm-hmm. uh, fighting. Every, you know, he's someone who's getting his hands dirty, which is respectable. Not just like a sitting there and waiting bad guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, VOD Digital Theater September 1st. So you can watch that multiple ways when that comes out. So uh, moving on to some other news. Uh, we got some news about Scream 7. So we just got Scream 6 this year, and uh, Scream 7 is coming up. And apparently the news is that Christopher Landon, who directed the Happy Death Day movies, and Freaky is, is going to be the new director of Scream 7. Which that that kind, of, that kind of seems like a perfect fit for like, cause like, Happy Death Day at movies and Freaky were like already the the, the same kind of self-aware meta quality for, about them, mm-hmm. so that this seems like it would translate well to Scream. And and the guys directed the last two entries, uh, Radio Silence, aka Matt uh, Batinelli Open and T- Tyler G- Gillette are working on a secret Universal Monsters movie. So they're, that's why they're they're not coming back for the seventh en- entry. Oh, Christopher Land also also just directed uh, "We Have a Ghost," like that Netflix uh, uh, David Harbour movie where he's a ghost. Yeah, and he's a, just a quiet ghost. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen that movie yet. Don't know. Is it good? I, I haven't seen it either. Have you Have you seen Scream Five or Six, Chris? Uh, no. Either the new ones. I got a marathon it. They're on Paramount Plus. If I mean, I think all the entire Scream series is on Paramount Plus right now. If you want to watch them, five five was good. Was really good. Six was okay. It wasn't definitely was not as good as six, but still still had some fun fun moments. I just I I have no idea how they can even like where they're gonna like keep going for (laughs) seven of like what they can even comment on at this point or like. I feel because I feel it feels like they've done like everything. 
but yeah, hopefully Christopher Landing has like a like or the writers have like an interesting idea for <laughs> seven. I definitely would be down for another another new setting. Like don't put, don't go back to Woodsboro again. Like because New York was like a pretty fun setting, so maybe find a, another new setting for seven. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think there's any word if like any of like the five and six cast are coming back. If like you know Jenna Ortega or uh, any of the, any of those guys are coming back for seven. But it's probably it's probably gonna be a bit before this comes out because obviously the writer strike there's there's no writers for this movie and there won't be any writers until the strike's over so it's gonna be a bit. Yeah, it really puts a hamper on all that. I think the time definitely they take some time because like six, I think the other thing about six is, is that it felt rushed because it was like like literally the year after five it just came out and so I, I feel it feels like it, it probably could have used a little bit more time to like work out some things for six. But uh, last minute this week is that it was actually like breaking right before we started uh, recording this week is that Lin Manuel Miranda is going to be adapting The Warriors, the Walter Hill classic, for a stage musical. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely not the news you would have expected to see <laughs> ever. But, but yeah, the, the Warriors on stage as a musical. West Side Story with like guys dressed as, as baseball <laughs> furies right around. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean this, it, this it, sounds, it, yeah, this sounds, it, it sounds, it sounds insane. weird. It sounds, yeah. But I mean, I get it. It's like trying to blend the genre. Hopefully, hopefully one of the songs is Can You Dig It? <laughs> and the whole sequence is just a, music, is a, a song. And then hopefully there's a song called uh, Warriors Come Out and Play. It's like we're never going to get a true sequel to the Warriors, right? I no. feel like it's one of those like classic of the time. Uh, it's a movie that basically inspired a genre. Well, I think I think the game did the game add some like side stuff though. Like, yeah, some like new story war. stuff. Yeah, it's just some side story, but never to the point of like having like the next day, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, a continuation because the world space in that is like it just like it's too complicated to keep going because if, if you think about it gangs have been, used to be popular back in the era this movie came out in and then basically have been wiped out by like have gone underground you know well, like, it, no one's hanging out like the way they used to be that way it's also just like the like you know the, the grimy like 70s new york that yeah. doesn't exist anymore so it doesn't exist anymore the closest we got to like a warriors thing was the John Wick, but everyone at that point are assassins. They're not gangs. They're just gang of a, a guild of assassins. Well, dr- well very well dressed, well groomed people. Well armed, not, 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 gritty, not grimy like teens or <laughs> not, knives. Not like. taking trains. Yeah. So yeah, you really can't have the same thing as a gang that can't afford a car. So it's a, that's what I'm saying. It's a very type, a special type of genre, and it has to be like I guess a decade thing. Where even if they ever attempt a sequel, which I hope they don't, it would have to be like the '80s. So it's like '80s gangs. Well, I mean, you mentioned John Wick. I mean, John Wick had a direct ref, like John Wick Four was like a direct reference to the Warriors. They had a DJ directing people boppers to go kill John Wick. Like, yeah, but that's the closest we got, and that was yeah. like you know, like, and it's like I said, when you get to that level, you have to match the time and it's like all right 
thank God these assassins always listen to this FM station that plays like the hits and also clues. But yeah, definitely, definitely an intriguing idea. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what the yeah what the songs are like. I don't know if they use any of the like. I mean, Joe Wal- like Joe Walsh, like in the city, is like a classic song. I don't know if that would like factor in at all, or if it's, if it's gonna be all like original Lin Manuel Miranda songs, or if it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a Hamilton raps. Is it gonna be like a rap musical? Is it gonna be like a a classic musical? Who knows? I expect, I expect lots of dance fighting and and like yeah, lots of uh, yeah, like <laughs> colorful cost- costumes, baseball furies. Be interesting to see how they they like like the set of like. I guess you could do like a they like some sort of like background screen or something, and you just like you could like just keep like pulling it through, <laughs> as they move through New York, just like keep like changing like the the background or something. Because that's like I mean that's the whole point of the movie too is like just like they're constantly just going through like different like locations of New York and like trying to get to like Coney Island. Yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to when this comes out we'll have to <laughs> every action uh, trip, Chris, to see the Warriors. Could do that. Be down for it. It's like be on Broadway. It's it's gonna be a stage musical. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they said it's like officially on Broadway, but I would imagine. I mean, I'm not, I would imagine that when the Marin has the juice to like get it on Broadway. Hope so, because like there's off Broadway productions where like musicals go to hide, and then yeah. it's like, where are we? Yeah, I th- yeah. see. Yeah, it seems like it's gonna be like a like an like a full yeah big Broadway musical based on the Warriors. So we'll to, we'll to see. So that's it for news this week. So I jump into show and tell. And uh, Chris, what did you watch over the last week or so here? So, I have been trying to catch up with some action movies of 2023, and I finally caught uh, the movie Assassin's Club, uh, starring Henry Gold. Henry Golding, Henry yeah. Golden? Golding? His, his, his big follow-up to Snake Eyes? Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, though, like, he's not the problem in this movie. The movie does a good, like, showcasing him. Like, it, it does a good job of, like making him a sympathetic hitman because mm-hmm. out of the ones you meet in this whole thing they, they they try to like lean into like a john wick like secret society of a sat underworld thing go on but the only thing that like what john wick does well is that like there's some contrast and then there's also like you have to suspend some b- disbelief of like how this like society works of assassins right mm-hmm. But you have um, the main plot that I guess if you've ever watched the trailer a few times, you can see where it's like six assassins all trying to kill each other in this like deal where like they need to eliminate each other to for like money. Though it's like they never question why. Um, But the movie kind of reveals that like a few of them know but then it's like, what about the guys who don't know? You know, like, it's like, you spend so much time with Henry Golding, because he's like, oh, like, I'm trapped in this game, and I'm gonna, like, 
my I'm trying to get out of it. Like, okay, so I'm gonna, before I get too far and really get the muddled the details. Mm-hmm. So the point is, is that this movie it follows uh, Henry Golding, a guy named Morgan, who is uh, trained by Sam Neill as like this handler. And then on his like, he's trying to get Sam Golding. I mean. <laughs> Henry Golding's trying to get out of the assassins thing because he's like, yeah, I want to live my life. I've got like a beautiful like girlfriend, and I want to like I'm done. But someone is someone put a hit on all these assassins that all have connection to Sam Neil. At least that's what the movie implies, but doesn't go any further. It's it's like at least three of them do. At least they kind of tell you. And then the rest are just mystery assassins they just forgot to, like, connect the dots to. Um, But the movie, like, speeds through that plot. Like, you think it's going to be this, like, oh, like, every few minutes he's going to be encountering these assassins. you got to, like, handle it. No, it's, like, 15 minutes he handles pretty much everyone. Except for the last, like, two. (laughs) And Sam Neill is, like, out of everyone, he does the least amount of, like, moving around in the movie and set pieces. He's, like... He's, like, on the phone, sitting in chairs, having a drink, or, like, getting out of bed. You know, it's just, like, you could tell who got paid for, like, his stardom, but had to do the lease. Meanwhile... Sam Neill probably, like, showed up for, like, one day. He's like, I'll I'll give you one day. (laughs) He he legit has, like, one really great sequence. Uh, I guess I'll spoil it a little, where, like, he's being confronted by, uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Nome... Uh, Numer Paz. Numer Paz, yeah. And, like, he's doing this gentleman way of handling, like, this really insane situation. And he's doing it like, yeah, like, if I die, if I die, if I live, you know, like, what kind of life is this? If I'm, like, living like this? Like, he, it's like, he, he shows his true character. But up until this point, you kind of think he's the main big bad. Because it's like the movie points that direction really early. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's explain. Because... His connection's like, okay, like, oh, he just, like, doesn't want his, like, group of assassins that he's trained. Like, he's got a whole bunch of protégés. And then, you know, it's like, oh, you want to get out of the game? Well, you know, uh, it's the protocol, I guess, to start killing your protégés. Like, you know, it's that typical movie thing. But it's a little bit of a twist, though it doesn't quite explain that. Because he's like, oh, yeah, like, he, okay, okay, in order to explain this dumb part, so it's like he knew that there was a contract on on Henry Golding and he knew that there were other people that like like are part of this thing and he sort of just like waits it out. Like he's just like, well, whoever wins, like I'll deal with. But up to this point, like I'm just going to tell anyone that like I know everyone, you know, it's so dumb. Then that's not even the main plot. The main plot that, like, starts this whole goddamn thing happens, like, years ago that uh, an assassin killed this, like, land baron's, like, daughter's... Like, kill, it, kill, it killed this, like, land baron guy who also, like, mobbed up. And then his daughter seeks revenge and then is setting off on this, like, um, big, like, game. Because the movie points to her as, like, oh, she's gonna be, like, the big bad. But then it's like, wait, how does she know everyone? And the movie goes, oh, shit, like, how do, how do, how do we explain this? And then the idea is that, like, one of these assassins was the person responsible that, like, killed her father. And it's like, she's doing this thing to kind of get them all together, and she put up the bounty. So, 
Sam Neill knew this. Henry Golding doesn't know this, but he does eventually learn, like, half of it. The girl that, like, sets up the bounty somehow knew, like, 90% of the movie. Like, she knew the assassins. She knew the bounty would do this. She knew, like, who to hire. And then, like, the movie sort of just, like, goes, we'll deal with the action for, like, in the middle. So, like, it sets up all this giant plot and a lot of this middle part. However, at the end, you could see it of just gluing things together to try to make it stick. And it has a horrible, horrible, like, un, un anticlimactic ending. Where basically, like, uh, nothing really, like, every everything that should have happened happens in, like, the second act. Like, the second act ends with a very big, like, almost a final showdown. Then nothing happens. Then you have this weird, like, reveal, but then we know as the audience, and even, like, the movie, oh my, so, uh, so not to spoil much again, but Nome, uh, Nome Rapace, I cannot pronounce her name. Nome Rapaz. Nome Rapaz, yeah, so Nome Rapaz, she's supposed to be playing, like, two different kind of, like, personas, and it's not like she's a psychopath, or like it's not like she's like a schizophrenic person. It's like she just like her day job is a intelligence officer for the government, and then her cover, and then her other thing is she's an assassin. So in the beginning, the movie makes it seem like oh, like she's also this assassin, and then it's like oh, she also is like the um the person contacting Henry Golding to like say, hey, we should team up because, like, we're being targeted. So it's like, oh, she's playing both sides, you know, one of those things. And then she's also actively, like, eliminating the other assassins so they can have a final showdown. But it makes no sense of all this work because all it takes is, like, one thing and then her plan blows up in her face. And it does. Like, twice. Mm -hmm. And here's the insane thing. The first time it blows up in her face... She just sort of goes, okay, well, yeah, that, my bad. Like, didn't mean for that to happen. You'll be fine, Henry Golding. Just keep saying what I like, keep trusting what I say. And he's just like, okay, yeah, I have no reason not to. It's like, wait, what? Don't trust another assassin. Then it blows up in her face a second time. And then it's like she kind of burns her CIA character in a dumb way where it's like, what? well, it's like now it's like she's full time the other character. And it's like, well, the reason the movie explains that is off like kind of like a passing dimension. It's like, oh, what? Like, because Henry Golding knows who she is and she's trying to prove like, you know, she's not who she says she is to like everyone else. And but they're like, no, that's impossible. She died of a heart attack, like in some other locations. Like, do you, do you have a body? It's like, no, we don't like. And the movie just moves on, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it's so dumb to kind of get to this last standout show up down between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, really, like, obscure of her plan. Because even if she gets away with it, there's so much evidence up to this point, And there's so many people that saw this, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just, the movie, like, kind of forgets that, like, it, it kind of got up its own butt of just being this clever, like, twist and double twist and, like, oh, we're going to take this conventional thing and who you thought was the villain was, like, the, not the villain and the person you think is the villain is actually the villain. Like, yeah, movie, I figured that out, like, halfway through. So, like, what? And then I'm not even mentioning the last guy. Like, there's another guy in the movie <laughs> named Ryder. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. who legit looks like a psychopath. Like, like he's one. Of, he's like a he's like a real life martial artist. This like Italian big dude. He was he's like six foot two, and he's like jacked. And he's he's always greasy. He looks like a '90s <laughs> like tough guy character. And he never has like a right shirt, except for like one scene he's wearing actual like clothes. But the rest of the time he's wearing like a muscle shirt, you know. And it's like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, I'm not like there's so much to break down. I wrote down this. There is a weird tie-in to like the Egyptian god of like justice. Okay. And it's just, like, it, they spend, like, a good amount of time in the beginning and the middle to bring up, like, it's, like, the same god from um, Moon Knight, where it's, like, they judge, like, the heart and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right? They, they they bring up a whole time to mention this, and then the lore, and then there's a room full of Egyptian bullshit that, like, they just stumble in, and it carries over to nothing, Zach. Like, <laughs> I wrote down my note saying, a room full of bullshit. Like... <laughs> I'm not even. It comes out of nowhere, like, like, as if Henry Golden stumbles into like the Zodiac Killer's like room, and it's just like a room full of scribble, and then jars full of fingers, because that's like a thing in this movie that I, I'm not even worth bringing up because I'm gonna eat more time. Mm-hmm. But that's like the whole big thing about the assassins. Like, how do you prove that like we have the kills? Like, well, we have fingers. Then, like, because the finger thing are supposed to be, like, what he thinks is, like, sort of confirming kills to that let, let the client know that, like, they're doing their job. But that goes nowhere by the end. Like, in fact, it's, like, one of the things where it's supposed to imply that, like, only one guy had that. And then in order to mask, like, to confuse, like, um, like, whoever's in charge, that it's, like, the original killer, like... It's, like, supposed to mimic all these different killers, and then, like, this one super killer is supposed to be, like, undercover because you can't tell which one's the real killer. Like, that makes sense if that was, like, presented early, and they didn't have so many weird plot twists or, um, like, a bullshit flashback. Almost the last ten minutes of the movie, they show you, like, a flashback that happens before the movie... I mean, after the first, like, initial story begins. It's like, okay, right before this whole thing starts of, like, the modern, like, uh, time of the story, it's like, oh, like, two weeks before. And it's like, what? Like, I feel like this should have played early and then have, like, a bigger impact. And I feel like this was edited out of order. And it's so goddamn stupid, Zach. Like, I, I legit was just, like, dumbfound. And I was like, I need it. Like, I'd have to finish the movie now. Like, why is this? I'm, like, looking at the time left. And I was like, how is there more plot? Like, why is there more plot? And then, like, again, like, it negates a lot of the good parts of the middle. You know, you get to the third act, and you just want to see this tied up in a nice logical ending. And it doesn't. And then it has a bullshit, like, maybe a part two. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, there's a, like, oh, this fight isn't over. Dun, dun, dun. I'm like, how? <laughs> how? That's why I'm like, none of this makes sense. I I looked online. There is no Wikipedia page for this movie. No, there's, there's not. There is no Wikipedia page. There's not even, like, um, there's, like, 
an IMDb, no one put a summary. I mean, no, besides the <laughs> tag that comes with this. Yeah. There's only, there's 30 reviews. Most of them are negative. And then, like, this movie made $188,000 over a budget of, um, I think, like, $5 million? So it's a schlock movie. Like, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Like, this is pure schlock. But the problem is that you can, you can sort of save schlock movies by having at least a simple ending. This mm-hmm. decided to go, like, crazy as if this was going to be, like, a franchise. And it's just, like, you can't because you spent a lot of money for obscene set designs. Like, Sam Neill's character, like I mentioned, you said he could have just had a day. Every scene he's in, he's in some weird Italian villa setting, like, in, a, in another room of this building. And I know, like, that's not cheap, you know? Even if it's, like, a fake design, they had to pay for, like, a lot of this. But there's, like, this awesome middle that once the movie starts, like, explaining itself, you're like, I'm in. Like, I got over the hump. I'm in for this part. And it's, like, dumb, like, ADRing to explain plot, you know? So it's like, all right, like, that's fine. Like, just get to the next action sequence. And they do. There's, like, two assassins they just sort of introduce and then just, like, exit, you know? And it's it's just, like... Stay, stay with this. This worked. Why Why are they trying to do some bullshit, like, uh, not even, like, a Western? It's just, like, just drama? Like, I don't, I don't just describe it, besides, like, dumb, dumb, like, sequences. But, yeah, it, it, if you see the score, it's, like, one out of ten. It's, like, yeah, no, this is, like, not a great movie. Uh, I think... Uh, I think right now in IMDb, it's 4 out of 10, and I'm like, this is a good 4. It doesn't need to be any more. I think this review is not, like, coherent, but this movie isn't coherent. Like, it tries so much, and it's like, you sh- it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, for the no, trailer, I, yeah, for the trailer, it looks like, oh, this looks like a solid, like, John Wick knockoff. Like, no, all that trailer stuff, that happens in the middle of the movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is, yeah. that's most of the middle of the movie. It's like, but it's consecutive. Like all that happens, it's like one by one by one by one. So you think it's some, cra- it's what, it's like a crazy two day, like action sequence that takes place where it's like, he does all this, and he's injured and all that. It keeps carrying over. So like that made sense. And I was like, cool, I'm about this. Like, but I think they filmed that and went, oh fuck, how do we tie it together and make any goddamn sense? But yeah, the. the like this is definitely like a rental. I don't think this came to theaters, I believe, and it just didn't do well. Very, very, very limited. Like maybe like one theater or something. Yeah, I could see why, and it's a shame because Henry Golding isn't bad. He's actually like a believable character that is sort of like I want to be out of this fucking game. Um, and the assassin world is kind of okay. The Sam Neil parts are awesome, just because he's like, hey, I'm a handler. Like, trust me. But then it's like. I don't know, movie, like, you're trying to point that he's a bad guy, then he, then it's revealed that he's not, but then he's revealed that he sort of is, and it's revealed that, like, he just doesn't have a good plan, you know? Like, it's just a falls apart kind of thing. Yeah, maybe one day Henry Golding will find an action franchise that'll work for him, because it was, well, obviously, it wasn't Snake Eyes, and it wasn't this, so... You know in Snake Eyes how, like, the halfway point, the big twist that he's actually, like, like, a con man, slash, like, he's been trying to play both sides? Mm-hmm. It's like that, except worse. But it's not Henry Golding doing it this time. It's like, an, it, you know, like, it's just like yeah. 
they try to be that clever twist, and it's just like stop being in clever. Henry Golden cannot be in movies where there's like a, a, a like a bad twist, because um it blows back in his face. Like you know, like it at that point, like this is the last action movie. He hasn't done like an action movie since then. So uh, anything else besides Assassin's Club, Chris? Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time talking about this movie. I'm sorry, I like I recently watched this movie and like I needed a rant about it and it's just like to get it out of my head and the fact that like I'm having I'm having PTSD to, to when you watched like the three five five. Yeah, man, three five five was worse. Or I Ava. Hate like, the why do you why do you, you just keep doing this stuff, Chris? You keep watching these like assassin movies that are like. Well, no, no, no. It actually convoluted, no, like... 5 was bad, but cause only because the title makes no sense to me, right? I didn't yeah. mind 355 up until the part where it's just like, you know what the 355 is? And it's like, there's five minutes left in the movie. Why are we explaining this now? Mm-hmm. No. I think the one for that was like, was it like Rachel or some bullshit Jessica Chastain movie? Ava. That's what it is. Ava, fuck. God, I hated Ava. <laughs> No, so I, I think, like, there is a, a theme about assassin movies where it's always, like, the assassin person tries to, like, get out of being an assassin. Yeah, so classic, like classic setup. Classic setup. But it's, like, they they started with that and said, okay, let's try to, like, keep adding more and more. And it's, like, all right, you should have stopped at one point. You add it way too much. And then, like, you didn't need a ritual killer, a serial killer in this movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, what is happening? Um, But... I keep it simple. I I think uh, in order to like refresh my brain and kind of revert back to childhood where things just sort of made sense, uh, I watched the movie Clue, mm-hmm. which uh, you know to this day holds up, and it's a shame that like it just didn't get the recognition at the time. Because whenever you hear Clue was a financial bomb, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? This movie is like like good misdirection, good mystery, good fun comedy you know and then it's like adult themed for a board game for kids you know like it's it's a lot yeah, in the every, that I mean, makes sense it's every line is just like innuendo or like double entendres or like puns or like yeah and then everyone is perfectly cast just based yep. on uh based on just like growing up watches movie time there's really not too much problems with the characters like you know i kind of couldn't imagine seeing this movie with other people in it now, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fun murder mystery. Yeah, there's some plot holes that if you sort of think about certain things are like are really impossible, but the movie sort of addresses that, where it's like different possibilities. You it leaves yourself open, so there's never like like a super definite ending, except for like the uh, here's what really happened ending. Which makes more sense. It's, like, the most logical of how, like, the murders happen in it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Clue definitely is, like, definitely worth a rewatch every few years. I, I I I was at the point where I forgot some details of Clue, and I was like, now's the time to watch it again. You know, I haven't seen Clue in at least, like, four years, and that made me forget, like, certain lines. I knew the outline of what was going to happen, you know, like because I just haven't seen Clue. I, I'm trying to avoid it. And then I was like, I'm going to sit here and just watch it straight through. And it was such a great experience. It was just like a fun comedy that every time it gets slow, 
it doesn't, right? Like, every, there's no I don't, dead. Just, I, yeah, just, yeah, I'm just like, when does it get slow? It just, it's just, it's no, like it a, doesn't. Like, when do you think there's going to be, like, oh, uh, a good five minutes of them doing a montage or um, doing a slow search through a room, like, and carefully showing them what they're doing? It cuts away. Yeah. And it's great timing for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Tim Curry is just, like, is, like, at, like, 10. <laughs> like, the, like, the first, for, the first second he's on screen, he's at, like, a 10, and then just, he's, like, just running around like a maniac, like, just, like, for the entire movie, like, it's, I mean, it, this, is, this is easily one of the best Tim Curry movies. He's, he's, he's so good, he's so good, like, it's all of his, like, all of his, like, remarks to, like, all, all the guests, and... The, I mean, the end where he's just like oh, the end entire movie again. <laughs> super. And then I, it's been a while since I've seen that. And it really, if you watch it all the way through, it really is the whole retelling of the whole movie. And the yeah. fact that you see alterations in the endings, you know, it's like the, uh, the possible outcomes. Yeah. I thought it was, up until a certain point, but he does like a good amount of here's the alternate ending of this, here's the alternate ending of that. And then the third one where it's like everyone starts confessing that they murdered someone. The crazy part is they never blame Mr. Green. I know that he's supposed to be the in, like completely innocent, but mm-hmm. he didn't have uh like he didn't have a conspirator person or a um like a spy because everyone that showed up in the house that got murdered was connected to someone but mr green didn't yeah i always thought that was odd so like he's the red herring of like wait where's your guy i think would have been a better thing is he also had someone like a plant or sort of like hinted at Mm -hmm. something you know it's just didn't didn't do that if they did that'd be the perfect like misdirection Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's fantastic. It's just so many so many like quotable lines and yeah, just the energy. Just like <laughs> as soon as as soon as that like everyone gets to the house and it just, like it really kicks off. It's just it's like nonstop of just like and it's just endless like yeah puns and double entendres and just crazy <laughs> crazy lines and running just constantly running around the house like every all the different rooms and people are getting murdered and. Mm-hmm. I, it's one of those movies that definitely I, I grew up watching a lot on TV because it was just on like Comedy mm-hmm. Central like all the time I mean they kind of backpedaled it now it's not on so often but it definitely like makes you appreciate the whole entire structure of the movie and then just the cleverness of the the twist and then I don't know just like you really wish Tim Curry did more You can definitely draw a line, like a line directly from like Clue to like Knives Out and stuff too. Like I'm sure Ryan Johnson's like a huge Clue fan. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, anything else, Chris? Uh, no, that's about it for me. What about you, Zach? What have you been up to? So I saw pretty much all video game stuff this week. Um, so I saw all of Twisted Metal, which is on Peacock. Uh, the entire series dropped ten episodes on the 27th and got around to watching it this past week 
And uh, yeah, obviously based on the PlayStation games, it's a, play, it's a PlayStation production. I think I think it's more based on like the first game or like the first like like one two three. It's not it's not really it's not definitely not a, like a, a black <laughs> adaptation, adaptation at all. It's it's more like the first like the first couple games like one two three. And it definitely has that um, Deadpool Zombieland vibe because Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who wrote Deadpool and Zombieland, are the executive producers and like the showrunners. And so you definitely it definitely has that kind of de- definitely more Zombieland than Deadpool, but like Anthony Mackie is definitely <laughs> definitely like a, a Deadpool esque character because he's, he's constantly just fast talking and trying to get his way out of situations with his mouth. Um, but Zombieland because there's like it's this new apocalyptic United States where there's all these new rules and all these new societies and all these new communities that have sprung up. And, uh, basically, well, basically the setup is that in 2002, uh, there was k- kind of a Y2K-esque, it's like, what if Y2K actually happened was just delayed a little bit? Because basically all the, like, all electronics and all, like, all, that kind of systems fail, so, like, internet goes down, radio, uh, planes, like, all, Anything electronic fails, and then that kind of like society collapses, and then a lot of the major cities wall themselves off. So there's cities that are walled off, they're like kind of like living normally, or they're they're living way better, and everyone else is kind of like cast into like the wasteland and trying to like like trying to like survive in the wasteland. And so there's like oh yeah, there's like all these different like like thieves and murder group around. There's like vultures and um, the holy men are like they're like crucifying people, but then Anthony Mackie is a milkman who makes deliveries between all different, like, uh, civilizations. He's kind of like... Wait, like an actual milkman? Well, they, they call him a milkman, but, like, he delivers all sorts of things. He's kind of like, um, was it, like, Norman Reedus in, like, uh, Death Stranding? Like, where he's just, like, this, like, delivery guy, <laughs> like, going, going through, the, going through, yeah, going through, like, the, a career going through different, like, uh, civilizations, like, in, in different, like, outposts. Yep, he's just building connections and delivering packages. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up in New San Francisco and and Nev Campbell runs New San Francisco and she has a job for him where if he can make it all the way to New Chicago with and get a package and bring it back, he can get he can become a citizen of New San Francisco and like you know, escape the wasteland, escape the out like the, the like this like outside death trap world and like be like a comfy like basically how it was before like society fell world. So that's the whole, that's basically the whole premise is like he has to get to and he has 10 days to do this. So it's a, he has a 10-day limit. He has to get to, like, Chicago and back. And back to San Francisco. And then uh, along the way, he, he runs into all sorts of crazy characters and all, all sorts of crazy, like, different groups. Obviously, it, uh, Sweet Tooth is running around. Who's, who's, like, the body of Samoa Joe and the voice of Will Arnett. And then he also, he, he also runs into Stephanie Beatriz, who is quiet. Who is... She's basically... She's definitely... More, like definitely like Rosa from <laughs> Rogue Nine Nine mode, like but like maybe like slightly more, definitely definitely more like uh raunchy because it's, it's like an R, definitely an R rated TMA show. But but yes, yeah, definitely same vibes as like uh Rosa. And then they like she tries she tries to rob Anthony Mackie's car, but then they kind of like end up being this like, kind of like partnership, like a, a loose partnership together to like get to like she wants to get somewhere else where he on the way where he's going. And they kind of have like this like love hate will they won't they how <laughs> they gonna end up get, like is this experience gonna like draw them together kind of thing because mm. at first they can't okay. stand each other at first they can't stand each other but then like they're going through like all this like crap together so 
and it's 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 a lot of it's actually a lot of fun like i was like like i wasn't sure about the trailers but like watching it, it it's it definitely if you're a fan of like that zombie land kind of tone like the, like the deadpool tone it's it definitely has that tone um there's quite there, there is quite a bit of car combat although it's not maybe not as much as you were be expecting there's definitely some you know car combat sequences in it and all yeah all the different all the different places they end up are like unique and fun like at one point they end up in like this like uh, Agent Stone is who's played by Thomas Hayden Church, uh, is trying to like rebuild like the law. He has this like, whole like police organization under him, but they're like being like way more brutal than they would be like before the apocalypse. And they've they've taken over the Hoover Dam, basically turned the Hoover Dam to like a, this like giant DMV, but it's like this like hellish DMV where they're like tor- they're like torture people, like making them do paperwork and stuff. And then. And then also stuff like Sweet Tooth like runs is like living in like a Las Vegas hotel, and he's trying. And then Sweet Tooth is, is like really interesting on the show because he's kind of like he's lame a little bit. But he's also like still terrifying, and he is trying to like his big his big thing is he wants to like put on a show and have people like applaud and laugh at him, but his show is terrible. <laughs> it's like it's like oh. really it's just like. Like they like uh, Anthony Mackie and Stephanie Beaches end up in Las Vegas and then like they're like captured by Sweet Tooth and then he's like, "Are you gonna come to my show?" And he's like they're like, "Sure." And then and then it's like, "Well, hopefully you survive the show because no one else has." <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like basically being tortured by this like this horrible Sweet Tooth show that he's, that he's doing. And yeah, lot, 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 lots of other guest stars show up too. Um, actually, a lot more Twisted Metal characters show up. Then you like then in the trailer like like some character if you play the games you recognize the people that show up and some of the cars that show up too and definitely hopefully they get season two because they are what, what they tease at the end of this season is like season two would would be like the actual like twisted metal like tournament if they if they get to it so hopefully hopefully this is season two and they actually like they actually yeah get into like this like the full tournament but th- this season is like a lot of fun uh lots of Lots of fun uh, nods to the game, and I mean it's not it's not exactly like like I mean the games didn't really have a, like they had some lore, but it wasn't like this like you know that's like it wasn't like the Last of Us didn't have like this like dedicated story that people were like adamant about like you could probably do mm-hmm. it's it, way more flexible with what you could do for Fist of Metal and what they did was like really fun. So that's I would say that, I, a lot of people were betting that it wouldn't be that interesting. Yeah, definitely. If you have Peacock, definitely check it out. Um, it's and. Yeah, super funny, super raunchy. Like, some of the people that show up are great. I won't spoil uh, who shows up later on, but there's like one episode where someone shows up and it's just like it's like over the top insanity. <laughs> so, so I saw, saw that, and I also watched the most recent two Resident Evil animated movies. So I saw Resident Evil Vendetta, which I had not seen before. I'd, I'd seen Degeneration and Damnation, but I hadn't seen Vendetta yet. So I watched that one, uh, which is good. I, I, the Resident Evil anime movies, it seems like they get better as they go on, which I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about Death Island in a second too, because I also watched that. But it's, it's like this like curve upwards of like from they get better as they go on, and uh, and also and also like animation wise, they also get way better too, obviously, because like I, I rewatched the De- generation like recently too, and man, the animation of Degeneration is rough. <laughs> Going back to that one, I mean, it's almost it's like 2008, but I mean, yeah, just like the PS3 quality like graphics of degeneration and just like the lifelessness of the faces and stuff. It's like, Oof. it's still, I mean, it's still fun. I, it, it, 
I'll give the generation like way over like infinite darkness. Like it, the generation like at least like gives you a, a selling of like, hey, there's a zombie attack in an airport, <laughs> and that's like the whole first half of the movie. Infinite Darkness is like definitely the worst of all these animated things because they did not <laughs> live up to their premise of like White House with zombies. Well, Infinite Darkness is the TV show, right? It was a quote unquote TV show. It was like four episodes, yeah. a half hour long. It, 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 they broke a movie into like four chunks. It, it should have just been a movie. It's a really but they, bad but, but, movie. But then Netflix Netflix can sell it as a as an original series. Why did they even do that? I don't know. But yeah, Vendetta's fun. Um, that's a you know Chris, Chris and Leon adventure. They have to like stop a guy like this. Uh, basically like <laughs> a knockoff Wesker guy. Like it's it's like he's obviously trying like it's obviously like because it's post five, so Wesker's dead. So now they have this new guy Arius who is, but he's like so like just the same as Wesker. Basically, he's just, like a a lesser Wesker who's trying to like unleash like a new virus and like sell it to people. And it's it, the end of that would take like the second half of that movie takes place in New York City, which is fun. So it's like a like that's like this you know big New York City kind of like Resident Evil doesn't usually do that as, as much. So that's a really fun ending. There's lots of stuff with like Leon gets a motorcycle in Vendetta, and then there's all these action sequences where he's like riding a motorcycle like in a building or like upstairs. It's just like how is he getting this motorcycle into these places? Like he ends up on a roof of a building with a motorcycle, <laughs> and then. Vendetta is also the one that has that ridiculous. Uh, I think it became a meme when it came when the Vendetta came out of like Chris and the Arius are like fighting each other with like and like doing like gun kata against each other, but they have, a, oh, they like, have machine guns. Around each other? Yes. Which, if it was pistols, it would be fine because that makes. I mean, you can understand that oh they're missing with pistols, but it's like automatic machine guns and they're like two inches uh, from each like, other. Yeah, they're really goddamn close. <laughs> yeah. So you. That's that's probably the peak of like insanity and ridiculousness for these like these animated series. But actually, I mean, before that scene though, there's actually like a really cool like uh like CQC battle where like Chris and Leon are like fighting in like these like zombies in a hallway and they're doing like, a lot of like, cool like I don't know solid snakes like military kind of tactics stuff against them, which, which is really awesome. Also, the opening of it is is really fun too because because it, it's like a throwback to like. Resident Evil 1, because it's like Chris and his team are like going into like a mansion. It's basically like the Spencer Mansion in Mexico. And then it's all like spooky Resident Evil zombie stuff for like the first like 20 minutes. So yeah, but that is fun. And then Death Island is definitely the best one so far. Uh, now it's the most recent one too. It just came out like last month. And it is, I think if you're a Resident Evil fan, definitely Death Island is definitely one you have to watch because it's you know the whole gang's here <laughs> it's, it's every, jill's here leon's here claire's here chris is here rebecca's here and i think it's the first time like a lot of them have been like on screen together or like in the same space together <laughs> like like i don't think if like leon and jill been in anything together game wise or animation wise i don't think so no that so that's like a spinoff game yeah, so that's that's fun. They're, they're they get they're together for like a lot a big chunk of the middle of the movie. Like they're they're Wait, teamed up. She's wearing her like Resident Evil three. Oh, well, it's it's this the chill in this is like straight from is this ripped right right out of like the Resident Evil three remake. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense now because that that's been years if you think about yeah the timeline and this mm-hmm. is after she's been a a blonde. 
it's after it's after it's, so it's after six after after Vendetta before Resident Evil Seven. It takes place in like two thousand fifteen. You should be rocking that style, that like post Resident Evil Three look since nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety eight. Or she went back to that like I'm I'm going, I'm going back to classic Jill after I got yeah. watched by Wesker. Oh, and I'm also I'm also glad I watched Vendetta first because Vendetta like leads right into Death Island. There's like a, like a character from Vendetta like like one of the villains like is like carries over into Death Island. So it definitely if you haven't seen Vendetta. I'd watch that before you watch Death Island, because you're, you're gonna be like, if the character's gonna show up, you'd be like, who who is this person? Like, I don't, you know, I give doing? the movie credit. At least each movie is a linear story. It's not like yeah. one's a prequel or some they, other BS. That, I mean, that's that's definitely the best part of like, the anime series. Is it's like it's in the canon of the games, so they reference the games, and it's like oh, they reference the games that happened in this universe, but they also like reference like things that have happened in the previous, like, movies, in, like, the sequel movies. So, like, you know, they'll reference, like, the airport attack in Degeneration and, like, Vendetta or this one, or, like, something else that happened in, like, another movie in this one. But, yeah, but yeah, Vendetta, like, it's, it is a direct sequel to Vendetta. So, like, if you ever see Vendetta, it, it definitely, you need to watch that, because it's just characters, just, they're going to reference things, and, like, characters are going to show up, and you you'd be like, who who is this person? What are they, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> so this is not a good entry point. I imagine for some people who haven't seen a lot of these Resident Evil movies, because of the All Star like cast of characters, they'll see this. But without any reference, it's just like what you're just dropped right into this. I mean, I guess you, I guess you could jump into this one, but yeah, that, that one character that shows up is gonna be like you're gonna be like. I, I don't understand anything. Like, like I don't, I don't, there's no introduction. There's no like information. They're they're dressed very uh, bizarrely. So it's just like if you if you don't have any context for like what what's going on, it's gonna be, it's that's definitely like the most jarring part. But the actual the actual main villain is actually it's interesting because it's like ties all the way back to like the first Resident Evil, like Raccoon City. Really? He's, cool. he's like he's like a ex ex umbrella like soldier that was like caught up in like the Raccoon City stuff and then got bitter and then now he's like well i'm gonna i hate umbrella but i'm also gonna like i'm gonna like make sure like nothing happens like that happens again by like <laughs> unleashing this new virus and it's, it's, it's like it makes it like a nanovirus and like a actual like a, a t-virus so it's like this like bio-organic virus or like techno-organic virus so they're not true zombie zombies they're more like cybernetic well, they don't. They don't. They don't become robots, but like the way like the virus is spread is like these little nanobots. So and it has like a, like this new strain of the T virus that like basically turns you like instantly into a zombie. Gotcha. And and then everyone, the whole gang, kind of like comes at it from like different like directions, but they all end up on Alcatraz together, and so they all team up, and it's a big fun team up with the whole gang. There's a the the end battle is great because it's like they're all they're all fighting this like new giant monster together, so it's it's, it's this is a bit, this is a bit like it it lives up to like the Avengers of like the Resident Evil universe like all all your faves are here they're all team up team up together yeah like, so it pays off of a big sequence yeah if, yeah if, if you're going in and you want to see like everyone team up you you definitely get a lot of that <laughs> they're all everyone's you get fun pairings you get different pairings you haven't seen before and then they all team up at the end. The animation's great. 
lots of lots of fun action. So yeah, definitely. If you've seen if you've seen all the rest of them and you haven't seen Death Island yet, definitely check it out. Um, and yeah, Death, and Resident Evil fan, it, it's it's a must watch just because like it's if you if you're a fan like it's. This could have been oh, a game, right? Yeah. Like, okay. And, Al- and Alcatraz is also a fun setting. Like, like Vendetta had New York City as a setting, and this one's like Alcatraz. So, you, I mean, you get a little bit like the like the Rock feel a little bit because like they're in like you know like the old prison like cell blocks and under under the uh, under the prison and there's like a giant shark circling the waters of San Francisco Bay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been watching this week, so we can wrap things up. Definitely ahead of our slate, we've got all sorts of, uh, we got news, reviews, trailers. Uh, you can still check out our commentary from last month, which was The Rocketeer. Uh, you can sh- watch that classic along with us, and we'll have a new one coming up in a week or two on the site uh, for August. And... We also have like, our Gamebox uh, 2.0 from is went up last week too. You can check out what games we played for July, and we'll have some more game reviews coming up th- this month too. And all the regular features and news that show up every day are up there. Head over to check all that stuff out. And for Chris, I am Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action. And follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.